In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker... Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? You get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Thanksgiving, team. Happy Thanksgiving. Where Happy are Thanksgiving. we this Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, I'm in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in I'm in Spain right now. So, Ooh. yeah, that's Ooh, exciting. España. Yeah, see. Sí. So probably oh. not going to have like a traditional big Thanksgiving. Well, I... I didn't think that we would be, but then everyone was so excited that it's going to be Thanksgiving that they're going to try and do like Thanksgiving food. But then they were like, no one really wants to eat a turkey, though. So we're just going to eat chicken. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, whoever really wants to eat turkey, turkey is like the most subpar out there. Yeah, there's a reason you only make it one time a year. Mm -hmm. The least deserving meat to get his own holiday, you know? (laughs) What's the most deserving? I do love a Thanksgiving turkey, though. Oh, really? Like, if it's done properly. Yes, but, like, if you mess it up, then it's really, really bad. Because I don't like dry. And so if it gets dry at all, then it's completely fucked, in my opinion. And and the other thing is, then you have so many leftovers because it's so fucking big, and turkey isn't really that good reheated. Like, you don't, like, it's so, it's, like, unless you make it cold. It is good cold. Really? Oh, I I fuck with all things cold. I fuck with all things cold. No. And last year, we did our first Thanksgiving ever that was just like me and Danny because pandemic. Yeah. And I made my first turkey and I got to say, cancel me. I used the Allison Roman recipe from the New York (laughs) Times. (laughs) It was good. It's a really good recipe. (laughs) Where are you, Amanda? Um, I will be in Colorado. Oh, that's fun. Like land of land of mountains and legal weed. So that'll be very mm. fun. Obviously, we didn't get to go anywhere last year. Um, do you guys are you guys gonna encounter any like do you anticipate encountering any unvaccinated relatives? At least when you said New Jersey, are you is this uh is this gonna be mm, everyone's a brawl? vaccinated, but oh, it's certainly a uh wider range of political opinions that at some point will come up. So <laughs> You know, we're prepped, we're ready. Uh, yeah. My aunt my aunt and I, who we're going to see, we have a, a good-natured political sparring that oh, nice. always occurs after a little bit of wine. Um, and I'm sure that it'll happen again, so I need to do my research, get my facts on point. Um, yeah. Yeah, get my little docket of, like, actually... In, in this many states, this the minimum wage you can't you can't live and like <laughs> right. And we should actually do that things. for people. We should prepare their Thanksgiving talking. A fact I, yeah, help them. I'm already thinking about how to how to gerrymander 
a Thanksgiving table so that you can stay away from people who, who have different ideas. <laughs> Do that uh, strategically. Mm-hmm. So in honor of the holiday week, when uh, some of you might be back where you grew up or maybe you're kind of riding this very intense wave of 2000s nostalgia we've all been in, I kind of wanted to talk about that. I've been thinking about it a lot. We talked about it recently on the podcast uh, with Taylor Swift's new album release, Taylor's version. Brian, you're a Swifty. Have to mm-hmm. get your thoughts. How are you doing? So, I mean, I I think that every artist should re- record their best albums because, especially when they th- like, you, when you make them when you're so long, it's like it's just like fun. I don't know. Like, I'm a bigger Fearless yeah. fan Taylor's version than I am a Red Taylor. Red Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, Red was never really my album of Taylor Swift choice, but I was still excited about it. Obviously, and I love yeah, the vault see, tracks. Red was yes, Red was a big one for me. So Red was a big return for me. I'm very interested to see what she does next. Very. Where interested are we in going? Because exactly. she has she she has she's not doing them in order. She's doing them in in Taylor's order, mm-hmm. and so. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see because I uh, 1989 was a big one for me as me well. Too. So we'll, one. but I wonder like if she'll wait a little bit before because that one's so recent. Yeah, Maybe that one was recent. recent, but it's yeah. so recent that it's like I wonder if she feels the same value in going back. But though she does obviously like she's doing it to make her own money, so she needs right. to re-record it. She probably felt like this all-too-well moment was like had to happen sooner than later, and it's on that yes. album, so she just went for it. Yeah. Yes. So that's obviously very nostalgic. I mean, that, that album came out 12 years ago. There are reboots everywhere. I don't know how you can watch a show that's original anymore. There's Sex and the City reboot. Britney is now free. You can't open TikTok without seeing like something traumatic from middle school. This year especially to me has really felt like we just threw a boomerang into 2007 and and here we are. And I'm curious about you guys' thoughts about where this comes from. I mean, I think every generation has a form of this, but millennials seem to be doing it with like dozens of social media platforms at our disposal. We've had a lifetime of geopolitical and economic turmoil. We've had so many advances in all of these these crises. I'm curious if you guys think that, like, does every generation go through this point where we just can't stop referencing ourselves from 10 years ago? Is there, or do you think there's something specific about this moment paired with, you know, the decades that have defined our lives that is making this particularly, like, potent? I think that there's a, I think that it's a little bit of both, like, like, remember, not long ago, it was like the 90s kid nostalgia of that, like millennials remembering when they were little kids and kind of like idealizing that time. And I think a lot of this early to new 2000s nostalgia is Gen Z doing that for their childhood as well. So ah. they're, you know, it's not there for us. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I'm like, I actually don't even think it's us that's doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Number one, which um, is really interesting. I think it's a lot of, like, Gen Z rediscovering, like, things from when they were little kids in a similar way that millennials did with, like, I'm a 90s bitch type Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, yeah. What a great song. mm -hmm. That was a great. You're from the 70s, but I'm a 90s bitch. I love it. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of that energy, but I also do think that with regard to, like, the racial reckoning that happened in 2020, 
all this time that we've spent indoors, the Me Too movement, like, I think that there is something about this time period about reflecting and going back and, like, re-looking at things and, like, reassessing your place within society and what things meant and, like, re-looking at media and kind of... There's this idea that, like, everything is actually reopened for interpretation. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is also a lot of what we're seeing. Like, we're seeing people be like, okay, yeah, we have Gossip Girl, but what if actually Gossip Girl had some people of color in it? Like, what? Like, let's shake it up. Let's take these properties and do what should have been done. Like, I think there's a lot of that, too. So I'm going to piggyback up off of that because I've recently been um, reading Katie Couric's memoir, which is really, really good. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm plowing through it. I heard it's juicy. It. Mm-hmm. It's real juicy. Yeah. Real, real juicy. She Ooh, basically I'm just add that like, to my list. Yeah. It's like I like I'm like, oh Katie, you said that. Like she's like she like <laughs> rips into CBS and like Damn. basically like sixty minutes. Yeah, I heard it's it's, it's very interesting. Um, but so it's like reminding me of all these things that happened and she talks about, you know, like what the work environment was and how men treated women, even in the public eye. And now, like you were saying with the Me Too movement, we're re-examining all these things that these men did, mostly to women. And it and we and like how they shape the media and the conversation around these women. For like we say we mentioned Britney, we mentioned even like Taylor Swift, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, all of in like just the way that we talked about any woman. It was Hillary Clinton. It was like, oh my God, how are we saying that? How is this okay? Monica so, Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. And so now we're like, and so it's making us feel nostalgic in that like, oh, I, I want to feel better about the way things were. So I want to bring it back up to make it better again, if that makes I sense. I totally agree. I feel like there is like a vindication element. And then there's also things like, I think Sex and the City, the reboot, is a bit of an outlier because they actually were really appreciated at their time. I mean, they were teased and referred to as, like, these are just gay men. Nobody talks about sex like this. But so I think maybe they're an exception. But when I think about, like, like the way that Legally Blonde was received, like, Elle Woods wasn't really considered, like, a serious character, I think, until – and now we sort of look at that movie and we look back at how it really – it really was like revolutionary in showing that femininity can be an asset to you professionally. And it's not, it doesn't make you like a ditz and a dummy. And sometimes it's like now in 2021, because because we're going to get a Legally Blonde re- another one like next year. I mean, the opportunities in the world that like an Elle Woods could live in now is very exciting to me versus like the limits that were placed on her at that time. And I feel the same for things like the Sex and the City characters and even some of the Taylor Swift re-releases. It's like, we're so attached to these characters and we want to bring them back because there's just more opportunities to have more dynamic characters. And for me, we said this yesterday, there is, we said this especially about Taylor Swift and Britney for me personally, is that like to be able to bring them back and celebrate them now is like, it's a little bit of a vindication, but also like me liking Taylor Swift now is like, it's also because I like me more now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We, while we were talking about that um, in our Taylor episode, and I think another thing that's really nice about the re-records with Taylor is this opportunity to kind of go back and like actually treat her music with seriousness. Like people exactly. actually do like talk to her like she's a lyricist now, which she is. And like, 
the way that All Too Well is being promoted and the way that it's really being promoted as like a brilliant song yeah. and like a really beautifully done piece of art, like no one was talking to Taylor like that when she, like every interview was like, who's it about? Are you sad? Mm. Aren't you a sad <laughs> little thing? <laughs> Where'd you write your sad little songs from, girl? Who taught you to play the guitar? Like, like it's just like, Are you really playing the guitar, Taylor? Yeah. What boy taught you to play the guitar? (laughs) She's like John Mayer. No. (laughs) So it's like, so it's like, it's nice to, I really loved her interview on Seth Meyers about the re-release because it's really nice to like see her being treated with seriousness and her work being treated with seriousness. And um, because it it is that good. Like it, she does deserve to have an interview on the level of any other like really seriously thoughtful like wh- whatever a highly respected artist does because she's putting that much into the music. Right, right. Like Bruce Springsteen does podcasts with like Barack Obama, and she's she's the same like level of of cultural. I I yeah. I would love what I want. What I said to Sam yesterday is a podcast with Taylor Swift and Brene Brown. I would simply oh my god pass away. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> the, the the white women of the world couldn't handle it, unfortunately. <laughs> right. it, would be, it would actually, it would it would cause a collective shock around yeah. the world. <laughs> there is something that I have been trying to be uh, sort of self-questioning about is a lot of these things we're returning to. Um, pop culture was in the early 2000s dominated by white people, as it has sort of always been, but even more in the 2000s and the 90s. So there is a certain level of discomfort when we're, indulging that nostalgia and, you know, trying to figure out how to be inclusive with it and running into the fact that, yeah, of course there was like TLC, there was Destiny's Child, there was a lot going on, but it was very sort of like segregated. And I've had sort of a suspicion that the kind of like culture wide among, frankly, like white women in their late twenties and early thirties, really trying to re-inhabit that areas. Cause it was, it was easy. People didn't expect as much from us. People didn't want your TV to be more diverse. People weren't asking those questions. It's sort of like a, it's not a safe space, but I, I think people people are tempted back to there because, yeah, like we said, it's sort of, they felt like, like Taylor said, there was like a sense of innocence that we've all lost and been exposed to our flaws. And we want to like re-inhabit that time when nobody was asking us those questions. Well, I agree with, I, I agree with that. And I also think I've read a bunch of like, I feel like I've seen this article pop up like a gazillion times online. That's like, there's actually a reason why you rewatch like The Office or Friends or whatever over and over again. There's like a comfort to watching something that is like known to you. Yeah. And something where it's like you already know what's going to happen or whatever. And so, you know, in this time where we've needed a lot of comfort, I think it's interesting to see that it's like, we're doing we're seeing this like movement towards like a ton of reboots stuff properties that people recognize coming back that kind of thing because there's a comfort there and then also just like with like the disney and the marvel of it all there's like all these universes like so much stuff is becoming like this character gets a show here and da 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 and people are like I think really searching for like things that they know and things that are comforting. And a lot of that stuff would be tied back to childhood. It makes sense like that a lot of that stuff would be tied back to a time where like, you know, life not, wasn't necessarily easy, but like made a lot more sense. Like the it was like I go to school, I get up, I come home, I do this, my mom and dad 
make all my right. doctor's appointments. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like you. It's like, you know, you, you look back and you think of the good times. The things, even though they weren't, they seem better than they were. It's like putting a filter on your memories. <laughs> That's yes. true. Yes, Brian, it is <laughs> precisely. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So we touched on this already, but like, do you think this is something that every generation, it sounds like we do think this is something that every generation goes through, but do you think there is something about the last two years, 2020 and 2021, that has made our age group just want to disassociate even more and really lean into it? Or is it just, it's happened to hit our age group as we, as TikTok did. So we're just seeing a lot more of it. I feel like I only want to go back to things that made me feel positive feelings. (laughs) I yeah. only want to I mean, watch Sex in the City. I only want to watch those movies. I only want to listen to that music. I don't want to watch a documentary about the Capitol attack. Mm. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You gotta, we, we gotta, I remember Maybe it. in 10 years. No, I can watch a documentary about the Capitol attack in my mind with my memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. the information. Yeah. So. Do you guys think it ever gets old? Do you ever get like, I know I sometimes find myself getting a little sick of ourselves. I'm getting a little sick of myself and ourselves. Honestly, and I know this is a little blasphemous, I'm getting a little bit sick of the whole Taylor Swift news cycle. Like, I'm kind of over it, to be honest. Yeah, I think today's the day. (laughs) But maybe that's because I am a longtime Swift fan. And so, like, I'm like, okay, why is this all in my face right now? I like, I don't, because I I usually would like, I, I like when I have to seek things out. But when I'm just like inundated with information about the things that like I would that I'm even interested in, it's still it grows a little tiresome. That's why I also always get a little nervous about like the cyclical nature of these things. It's like it's like, you know, we build up the person then we pull, pull them down to build them back up again. And then like what happens next? It's like, right. Do they just and now stay? we're talking about returning to like the fundamentals of who millennials are. So if that shit gets canceled and overexposed, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, okay, so I'm like, let me, maybe let's not fly so close to the sun as right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, sometimes I'm just, when I watch sort of the, the nostalgia that takes off on TikTok, I'm like, is this nostalgia? It's like, congratulations, you have a memory. We all have mm-hmm. memories. <laughs> what if this is actually useful to reconsider and reframe? And I feel like, as we've mentioned, there are so many forces that have done that. Like, um, you're wrong about, we bring up all the time. But yeah. I feel like they were sort of key and those Monica Lewinsky, Jessica Simpson type stories, like reframing them as, as Brian alluded to, completely driven by the patriarchy and what men wanted, wanted from those, those women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I mean, my hope is that what comes out of it, and I think that we do see this now, is that we're able to, that like cycle that you talked about, Brian, of like letting, especially female stars, like letting them rise super high just to like everyone collectively decide, like, actually, she's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're seeing people stop that more in its tracks. Like, I'm trying to think about the last person that we really saw that happen to, you know? Because, like, like it could have been Olivia Rodrigo. Like, she's flying really high. But I'd yeah. also, I don't see that coming for her. Like, I'm it's not. So Billie Eilish, I mean, though, recently, no? Didn't people recently people not mad? like Billie? Yeah, they're like they thought they thought her music this cycle was bad. Mm. They thought like she was making these like strange decisions in her personal life, or like say like trying to cancel her for things she said I'm... years ago. So I don't know. It's just I think it's like a little in the in the the nature, but like we don't do this with men. Um, no, no, it's only female stars that get this like th- this like thing where it's like. Like, where, well, I'll see a female star get so popular that I'm like, something is going to happen to her yeah. soon. Yeah, exactly. Because you, because it just, it does, it, it just does. Whereas even like, even now I feel like, I mean, and stan culture is its whole other thing, but I feel like at least now, like people's, when people have like, people who are standing for them it might help like lessen the ability for people to drag them down that hard. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, like, if you have a little Stan army, they'll at least lift you up a little bit. They'll cushion your fall a little bit. I yeah. do I do wonder if we're nearing the end of our millennial nostalgia, though. Like, how many, like, you remember that trend on TikTok that was, like, the sound of the girl from uh, Squid Game? Like, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the millennial hears from the windows right. to the walls, and they can't yeah. help but dance. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. Like, that one, yeah, that was one too where I was just like, that's not a, a millennial song. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. It's just, but it's so, it's right. just like, okay, it's, I think people, it's getting tired a little. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say it that way, I feel like a part of it is that a lot of like, you know, primarily white millennials who grew up upper middle class, like they don't really have, I guess I'll say we have like an identity, a, a group necessarily mm-hmm. like i can tend to cling a lot to my jewishness because it makes me feel like i'm not a boring a boring <laughs> person so i think there's this real enthusiasm to be like associate with the group that yeah. is currently like i'm a millennial i'm a millennial and everybody's after us but we're great because of this and i think a lot of that is actually we're we're building up these these things it's to bond over that are very self-inflicted and these things these bonds are are very very um loose and i think maybe they like have served a purpose during this this strange time, chiefly as we've gotten at, I think, like, to reframe how terribly we, we treated some people. So, like, whenever it comes up in that context, I'm I'm all here for it. Yeah, I think millennials are also, like, having a bit of a moment with the fact that we're, like, 
in our 30s and 40s and Gen Z is like the new hot thing. And so we're like, no, remember us? We're cool too. <laughs> and it's like a little bit like, oh, guys, let's just... Let's just, Let's just accept the process of aging as it yeah. is and know that ultimately the sands of time will erase all of these uh, generational distinctions and will probably be like people will have no fucking clue what the difference between a person born in 1990 and 1995 is like it's not going to mm-hmm. be like it's, it's gonna so be true. We get so worked. I always think about this with like breastfeeding recently just because friends having babies and it's like. I don't meet somebody and I'm like, you're really smart and intelligent. Were you breastfed? And I don't meet people that are, I think are a little wacky. And I'm like, I bet they weren't breastfed. This never comes yeah. up again. Why do we torture ourselves? For, I, it is funny. And, and like harass each other for no reason. Like these generations, they do, like you, I do identify as a millennial and you do see the differences as you're living in the time. But like, ultimately, like. Do you know the difference between someone who was born in 1920 nope. and 1927? Like, <laughs> probably not. And if I not. didn't, and then they were to, were to be really like, oh, you didn't know that I'm of this generation, I yeah. would be like, come on, calm down. Yeah. That's not, that's not. Yeah, I think the- no, I, people I, I from 1927 the- use this slightly <laughs> altered <laughs> slang, and people from 1930, like, their dances are right. old. Like, it's just not a I real- I feel like our, the millennial thing, like, it used to be that we were the youngest, and now we're yeah. not. So we're like, shit, what are we? What's our identity? Yeah. What's um, our identity? But like, what if we're all different, and it's fine? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, I, 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 I've been, like- liking my life more lately the older i've gotten because i think yeah, it's, it's like so like i'm just like okay right. but I, i'm just like i'm like i have a little bit more money now i have like like i like i have the friends that i like so i'm like i'm like what am i gonna complain about about these young people yeah <laughs> i don't miss my tamagotchi at all i have a dog no yeah <laughs> exactly like, that really makes me laugh. <laughs> i have an actual dog right. <laughs> people, have, people have straight up babies that are mm-hmm. right, and multiple children they gotta keep up i don't need to i don't know, like lol remember when you freezed your furby it's like yeah we all have I, memories yeah congratulations I, go to therapy and come up with an identity as someone who like works in the meme business i mm-hmm. am very curious as to what is next because i feel like what what's been happening for the past year or two is growing stale. Like before yes. that, it was like you remember we would we would see all the meme accounts with like a picture of Tyra Banks, and then there'd be like some sort of joke at the top of it. Now right. people I are mean, it was Tyra just Banks. Years of digital blackface, and then <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. millennial. Yeah. yeah, and now it's like it's still it's still kind of happening, but now I'm just lip syncing to Tyra Banks. <laughs> um, and so it's like, and then it's like, okay, so then what what's the next version of that going to? be I don't yeah. think we know yet. I mean I personally am not lip syncing to tire to tire banks. I I'm I'm not a lip syncer, just I just wanna I just wanna put that out there. Before we close, I wanna ask and Elise I know you have like a unique relationship to nostalgia because you're other podcasts and you have so many cool conversations. Yes, yes, yes. The Rose of Your Teenage Self podcast, which, you know, (laughs) people who are home for the weekend, whatever, you could catch up. Oh, it's great for that. It's It's great for that. If you could relive one day from the year 2000. Pre 9-11. Well, I guess you probably wouldn't remember exactly you did what you did in the year 2000. But if you could live, relive one day of middle school, what would it be? Oh, one day of middle school? Oh, I would go. I went to Warp Tour. So I would go to Warp Tour. Yeah. Warp Tour 03, baby. Taking back <laughs> Sunday. The whole shebang. I had to call my mom because it got too hot. I needed to get picked up. But you would do it again. Well, yeah. And I would bring water. Because that was my fatal flaw is that I didn't, I was 13 and I was just like, 
I'm going to stand in the boiling sun and drink not one sip of water for ten hours and then be like, Mom, I'm feeling really <laughs> sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> Brian, yeah. what about you? Does anything I mean, come to mind? Not really. Middle school was Maybe awful. <laughs> As a young, no, it's I mean it was not, it's not it's not that awful. I just think of like any like not to get meta, but you know, anytime I don't like to I would I wouldn't live any time before I came out if that makes sense. So yeah. I came out at eighteen. So I would live. I would go back to like maybe some. I would go back to seeing Lady Gaga during the Fame Monster Ball tour when Beautiful. I was eighteen at yeah, MSG. Yeah. That would definitely, definitely a very oh yeah, that would be incredible. That's definitely a very privileged question. Like I'm sure like Gen Xers are to like their black friends. If you could go back to 1960, what day would you relive? <laughs> well, I'm pretty good here. See, I'm with you, Ryan, but I would just live like any of them. I would go to the mall, mm-hmm. and I would I would spray love spell all over myself, and I would go. You know, I wouldn't. I would go day. buy shit and like if i would go to the mall on the weekends my mom was very nice she would always give me 40 dollars, and so i could like buy i would buy fast fashion and not have any sense of of the ethical dilemmas i would eat mm. i would eat in the food court i would just i would just do everything i did with my best friend barbara and not a care in the world that's that would true be beautiful that, that actually sounds that sounds lovely sounds yeah lovely. maybe i should just go do it and make a tiktok about it except yeah. there's no stores go back to your mom I know, except anymore. it's like so sad. It's really sad. <laughs> Can Have we you find a debris mall lately? No, but I've heard <laughs> that malls are a bummer now. Interesting. Yeah. Even in the city. Like, I was walking through the, the Herald Square one, and I was like, Jesus, this is bleak. Yeah, um, that one's always been pretty bleak. Yeah. Yeah. I, that that yeah. does sound nice. Really, that, was, yeah. that was more of a shelter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it true. is. I'm glad. It really true. is. To bring it full oh, circle well, to Taylor Swift, you, you could meet her behind the mall, you know? Oh, perfect. Mm. Perfect. Excellent. I liked that better. I was going to end with like, what are we grateful for? But that's, I liked that oh. better. I'm grateful I mean, for Taylor. Yeah. I'm grateful perfect. for Taylor. Yeah. And her bridges, her infrastructure. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for Taylor's infrastructure. infrastructure. <laughs> I'm thankful it for It really Taylor's was too. infrastructure week. All Too Well came out and Biden signed the infrastructure bill into mm-hmm. law. There's so many bridges in that damn many, song. This so country has never... Country's never been stronger. Mm-hmm. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Batches.